0: Hello, and welcome to Better Betting. Here are your hosts, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill, and the ruler of the replays, Eric Rubin.
1: Hey, and welcome to Better Betting. My name is Eric Rubin, and I'm here with my partner, the King of Timonium,
0: Mr. Gary Quill. GQ, how be you? Honestly, Eric, life sucks. Um... We, we we had a grandiose plan we were going to head the lovely laurel this weekend because they had kind of a stakes race you know a couple stakes races my home turf i was all jazzed about it and then all of a sudden mother nature had other plans and the northeast is supposed to get hit with a few uh snowstorms so the likelihood that lovely laurel gets canceled we called an audible and said okay, Okay, well, let's see. Uh, oh, Monday, the holiday is always, uh, I believe it's the Rebel Stakes at Oaklawn Park. Let's let's handicap for that. Nope. Mother Nature's going to cause havoc in Oaklawn. Uh, already canceled for the entire weekend. So we decided that why not go to our old standby where. They race no matter what weather because the weather's always lovely this time of year at Gulfstream Park.
1: And so. I was so excited um, that Laurel came out early with their um, entries and PPs. It was out like Sunday or Saturday. They never do that. And I was like, oh, this is great. So I studied the late pick five at Laurel and then you tell me they might cancel. So I'm hoping right. they yeah. run because I actually liked it better than the Gulfstream one. But uh, I- I'm hoping they run on Saturday. I looked yeah, at the weather, it's 50 50.
0: That's why I said it sucks because, like you said, we had the PPs early. I could do it, dive into them, and then all of a sudden, nope, that ain't going to happen. Plus, the tightwad that I am, you know, my printer uh, with uh, HP, I have a, you know a monthly so many pages per month that I pay for, and I'm too cheap to go to more pages per month. So it's like, okay, I, so I printed out the PPs for Laurel. And, you know, I can give it to somebody who has a birdcage that needs paper, at the bottom of a birdcage.
1: Well, they haven't canceled yet, right? It's still a chance.
0: Correct. They have it officially canceled, but the forecast still doesn't look promising.
1: My, my Girl Sharp Star is running down there. Uh, a few other horses I like. So they have a, a nice car. So if Laurel does run, is something you might want to take a peek at um, down, down in Maryland there. So I, I'm glad you're honest with me because you start off by saying, to be honest, life sucks. Uh, that means you're lying the other times. So uh, I appreciate <laughs> it.
0: That is, that is true because years ago, I remember someone in business saying, don't ever say to, when you're talking to somebody, especially a, a customer or a client, don't start off by saying, well, to be honest, because then th- does that mean all the other times you're not honest with them? <laughs> Good I like point. to call
1: people out on that when they say to be honest. And occasionally I'll say it accidentally and, and then I'll follow it by saying, but I'm always honest. I hope that's true. <laughs> so we're going we're to look at Gulfstream this week. I, before we get into it, though, I know there was uh, some three-year-old preps this week and a lot of people like to follow the, the Derby trail. I'm sure we'll do a lot of that as we go through uh, the next few months. It's early right now that you know to get hyped on a horse is kind of ridiculous because it's how they run a couple uh, months from now. But it looks like the well, the Oakland race got pushed back, and it was a Southwest, not the Rebel. But you might be right. Oh, it, sorry. You. Yeah. Uh, that got pushed back till next week, I believe, next weekend. And then the is it the Risen Star from Fairgrounds? That was a track we were actually going to do. I don't think you mentioned that one. Right. Uh, I am. We're not going to get a sponsorship from Fairgrounds or maybe Churchill Downs at all now. But I am very much anti Fairgrounds. I'll keep my reasons mostly to myself. But the number one reason or number two reason is a high takeout rate. I mean, to bet a twenty-five percent pick five. When I can bet 12% at Laurel, 15% at Gulfstream. Listen, if I do it once in a while, it's not the end of the world. They have big fields. So if I had to do it for one weekend, I can do it. But I'm much happier betting the lower takeout at tracks that I like and know. And I'm just not a Fairgrounds fan. I know they have good card this week if they're able to stay on the turf and run. But like we said, they might be canceling too. I think they canceled today. Thursday we're recording this. Pretty sure I saw they canceled. I could be wrong. So, who knows what's going to happen this weekend? Three year old Preston moved back. Um, you know, we've talked about Greatest Honor, who I like, but I, he didn't jump up figure wise. I mean, he ran an 89 buyer, and I felt his race before that, he ran just the same, even though he got an 80 buyer, but it was tremendous trouble. So, as much as I love Greatest Honor last time, I'm not as high on him, believe it or not, as I was before that race. Uh, but, you know, who's going to keep advancing? The backward horse, whose name I always forget now, I have it over Christina here. In Medina Spirit it is. Medina Spirit. Thank you. Yeah, he was like the impressive horse so far to me that's run in the last couple of weeks as a three-year-old. So I know it's early. You don't have to have any thoughts. but Any thoughts on the cancellations of uh, the three-year-old races? If it affects
0: things or anyone you've seen? Yeah, I I don't think it's going to. You know. Oh, uh, you know. Used to be, and I'm sure you know these trainers have their schedule. You know, plotted out, and you know maybe they'll have to call an audible but uh, you know I, I don't I don't see it and you know you you had mentioned those two horses from a few weekends ago who, who looked impressive just the opposite in the Sam Davis oh my gosh <laughs> hide the women and children if you watch the replay on, of that race I I wasn't impressed with anybody I was so I was so unimpressed I, I even forget who the winner was <laughs>
1: it was the uh the mott horse who was stretching out from six furlongs, candy something maybe i can't even remember the name <laughs> but uh that was the horse when i saw the morning line it was 10 to 1 morning line, which you knew was kind of a joke and i think
0: i'm sorry somebody's rocket or candy rocket
1: that's what it is maybe Candyman rocket i could be making yes that up. yes Sounds good all right together we came up with the name that's good um but yeah he The question was, would he stretch out? His feet figures were better than the rest. No one agenda was in the race, who I knew could win and probably would be the favorite, but I didn't love. I don't think too many people here love. And, uh, you know, Nova Rags, I'm a fan of the horse, but I don't know how great that horse is. And of course, the horse that I bet, who I singled, who I had a lot of money riding on at that point, was uh, the one horse with Hector Diaz, hidden something, I think, hidden stash, maybe? Yeah, hidden
0: stash, yeah.
1: Ooh. Now, it's hard to, to argue that he didn't get a good ride because he saved ground mid-pack and, you know, made a late run and was moving late. So you can argue he had a really good trip, but he was up close and he moved back. The pace wasn't that fast, and then he just waited too long for his move. So to me, Hidden Stash is the only horse I really want out of that race going long. You know, Candyman Rocket, okay, maybe, but, um, you know, I wasn't that impressed, like you said. But I, I don't see any major players in that race, uh, you know, Derby going forward. But forces can jump up, so we'll see what happens. But I, I tend to agree with you. And then in the, uh, the Sun Coast, which is the, I guess, the Oaks prep the same day at Tampa, um, I like Gulf Coast a lot. And she scratched. She ended up running in, uh Aqueduct on Sunday, and I want to say it was a grade three. And she came in second in the three words field, a distant second to Miss Brazil. However, in that race, um, I didn't say, like, her. I didn't study the race, to be honest. So I, I don't know. See, I said, to be honest, I'm being honest. Uh, but I didn't study that race at all. So I don't know much about it. But uh, I'm sure Miss Brazil being one to five in the race was much better than the other horses that um, she would have had to deal with the Tampa. Uh, but she scratched and Ano Rafik scratched. They were the two favorites in that race. And other than the other horse I liked, other than Gulf Coast, was um, Curlins something. And who I should know this stuff. Curlins oh, Catch. Yeah, very good. So So Curlin's catch ran a (laughs) a solid race he won. I figured she would be the favorite, and and she was, and she won about 9-5. I singled the horse in the end because of the scratches, uh, but I also singled Hidden Stash. That's why it was pretty deep in the other races, so um, Hidden Stash uh, killed me there. But anyway, uh, I I don't know how great Curlin's catch is, but she was better than that field, I I thought.
0: Yeah, and and, I mean, there was a horse in the most recent uh, Derby future poll, that first time I think this has ever been happened in, any, in the history of the widely uh, um, wagered upon Derby future polls was that uh, one of the top 23 horses that you could wager on, the horse had yet to debut, had never run, Bob Baffert's future Triple Crown winner, Bezos. Yep, I think he's still running. <laughs> yeah, that I, I, I would love to hear from people who actually put money on that horse. Uh, I, and I think, I think uh, when when the futures closed, the horse was fifteen to one. <laughs> <It's> like what? <laughs> I have I've landed east of Ocean City, Maryland. I want to sell these people. <laughs> I um.
1: I don't understand how people can bet the futures anyway, unless you're taking the field. I
0: don't understand because- The, the best bet- Race in a race. Crazy. Right. The best bet every year in the future pool is the first future pool. You get six to five on the field.
1: That's the only bet I would make. I wouldn't make it either, but that's the only yeah. bet I would make. Um, that, that Bezos race, I actually bet the race and I was very much against Bezos. Hey, his workouts were nothing special. I don't know what all the hype was about. And I think the hype was because the owners were like talking him up. And secondly, the other Baffert horse had amazing workout reports, first-time starter. So I keyed the other Baffert, and I used, like, four or five forces, including Joel, the winner, 20-to-1 with him, but unfortunately, the other Baffert backed up and was nowhere either, so he didn't really help me. But uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens going forward with Bezos next time. I do not think he ran as bad as people, for three-to-five try i run bad. I don't think he was as bad as people are saying, only because he was in, like, a big speed duel that, of all the top forces, that kind of collapsed. So for three to five, he didn't run well, but for a first-time starter, if he was like a five-to-one shot or something, you would be like, no, he didn't run that bad. So yeah. we'll see what happens going forward over there. Um, Baffer's got a, a full deck as usual uh, for, the, for the Derby. So one thing I want to do this week is I want to focus a lot on betting, how to bet the races, not just handicap. So as we go through the races, we're going to talk about that a lot. And then we're also going to talk at the end about the pick five. We always mention like a pick five ticket and all, but I really want to go on how do you narrow it down? What are methods that people use uh, that I use personally on narrowing down your ticket so that you could, um, you know, have the optimal chance to both win and, and make some money doing this long term. So we're going to do that and go through the Gulfstream Park uh, pick five sequence for Saturday, um, February 13th. It's the last five races starting with race eight. GQ, you ready to go? Or you have anything uh, you want to talk about before we start?
0: No, we're, we're ready to go. Now you. Uh... I don't know. Did somebody hit the pick six or whatever? I was looking in Equibase carryovers, and it didn't say anything about um, Rainbow Pick Six uh, carryover. For... Yeah, I'm okay. I'm
1: okay. One, uh, oh, I'm sorry. There was one. Uh, okay. One horse alive for the pick six today. It was um, the four horse. I don't know the name. It was longest shot on the board, and I saw the four didn't come in. So um, there was no one hit it. So, yes, there is a mandatory uh, payout pick six on Saturday. We're actually not going to cover the pick six for a couple of reasons, including I don't really like the seventh race. It's basically first time starters. And I rely on the workout reports a lot on that. And unless there's no one or two people that stand out, then I end up spreading a little bit sometimes. So it it, it would be hard for me to say who I like anyway now. So we'll do the pick five. uh, And and then obviously, people who are interested in the pick six, you can look at race six, uh, race seven. Uh, Again, we've said this before, we hear more. to guide you on how we handicap and especially now today I want to focus on how we bet the races too uh not so much you just say hey bet this and this." anyone can do that so are you ready uh you ready GQ?
0: Yeah I um just a a thought on that because race seven is kind of difficult because you've got first time starters turf whatever it is you know, a lot of players look at the will pays from the previous race and then your, uh, you know, the early money, where, you know, where the money's going in, in the pools and whatever. So you can just look at that. Plus, if you're astute to how the horse looks on the track, you know, you have the advantage that you can pretty much build the back half, you know, the, your last five races. And then make the decision, you know, it's like when you're looking at, you you can almost tell who's going to be the favorite in this race by the, by the connections. It's either going to be the one, I'm talking about race seven at Gulfstream on Saturday. It's either going to be the one tour of duty because you got Peter Brandt as the owner, Chad Brown and Phipps uh, stables um, sold probably a good interest to Peter Brandt because fifth Stables is part owner. So it's either, either going to be that horse or first time or the 10 golden whim, they paid a million and a half for the horse. You know, the great turf breeding and Rapoli Stables, St. Elias, Derek Smith conglomeration. I guess they each threw in a half a million to buy the horse. It's just those two horses
1: that's it and if it were me i'd probably bet against those two without knowing anything just because of the short price and i'm not a fan of pletcher going long on the turf first time anyway at least chad can do it i almost never bet and we'll talk about this in the last race. i almost never bet horses going two turns for the first uh, in their first career start unless it's chad brown or Christoph come and there might be one or two other trainers and not not pleasure uh it's on the turf at least so, um, you know, that's not an automatic, but that's what I tend to do. I, I tend to skip those. Unless the workout reports are really, really strong for them and the trainer is someone capable first time out. All right, so we're going to start with race eight. It is a uh, optional claiming, tw- optional $25,000 claimer, non-winners of one on the dirt going on one turn mile. And I think most of our listeners probably know, but uh, this is for horses who are basically in the first level allowance. So you break your maiden, Now you go into allowance level, but the optional claiming means that if you want, as an owner or trainer, I guess, you could put your horse in, even if you've won 72 races, if you're willing to offer them up for 25000 And in this race, none of the horses are up for a tag. uh, And I think they're all eligible for that 1x uh, race, that means. So do you want me to start off or do you want to start on this one?
0: Uh, I... I I'll start it off and then because I know you'll probably have a lot more to say so I'll <laughs> just start it off by saying you know I, and and again caveat here I I personally don't have the uh, morning lines maybe as you go through and talk more about the horses you like I'll I'll look them up but I'm assuming Black Magic Woman might be uh the morning line favorite. So yeah, the six six
1: Black Magic Woman's three to one, and the two funny Men is seven to two. They'll be the two favorites. I don't know which order, but I assume they'll be the two favorites in this race. Yeah, I,
0: I'm just I'm basically going by uh, the Brisnet prime power. Black Magic Woman um, has has the uh, largest prime power. It's number one, and crazy enough, uh, the uh, Eight horse, uh, Don't uh, Get Cozy, uh, is second best. Again, the seven horse, Princess Betty, never been off the board at, at uh, Gulfstream Park in five starts, two wins. Um, but when, when you're talking about pick five, uh, you need the horse to win. So uh, yeah, I'll go with Tyler and uh, Black Magic Woman.
1: All right, so we'll disagree right from the start. I have nothing against the six horse. Well, I shouldn't say that. I didn't think the last race was that impressive. It was a comfortable lead. The pace was pretty slow. And she wired a field of maidens. She was three to five in the race. It wasn't really much in the race, I don't think. I know Favorite, uh, Sand or whatever the name is, came back to win. So maybe that horse, got. I don't know what that horse came back to win, I did not check it out. Just because I wasn't that impressed. So the horse got an 80 buyer, but to me that's like a 70 something buyer, which is similar to what she got in her last start of the turf, on um, the dirt, three back. So uh, listen, she can win the six at three to one. I don't really want a piece of her um, in my bets. Uh, I like the other favorite though. Funny bet, I I think is the better horse, Um, better speed figures, improving speed figures. Uh, She saved ground last time in the race. So I'm talking about the November 27th race. So she did save ground and ran less distance than all the horses, except for the horse on the lead. But that was like a merry-go-round race where no one really moved. A horse from last, like, closed for fifth or something, but I think he just, well, she just passed, like, bad horses. Uh, but out of the top five, uh, really no one moved except for this horse, or top four, uh, funny bet who closed to win. Now that was a 50,000 starter allowance, but she was 4-1 to one in that race, coming off an 82 buyer. So if she was 4-1 to one in the race off an 82 buyer, that means she was, what, third? I, I don't remember offhand, but it-, it was only oh, nine more skills, actually, because she was probably, like, third choice. So an 82 buyer was, like, the third best horse in the race. In this race, an 82 buyer is the best horse. So you might say, oh, it's a starter allowance, maybe not as good. To me, that was either the same or better race than this. She was running against older as a three-year-old, so GQ will like that. Now that she's four, so she could improve. Uh, so she would definitely be my top pick here, and I would think Funny Bet's going to win. The only issue for me is the layoff. Uh, I'm not a huge Romans fan. Uh, you know, he's fine. Obviously, he's a good trainer, I'm sure, but um, you know, he does well off the lay- this kind of layoff, so I think Funny Bet's going to win. She has speed, but she doesn't need to be on the lead. And she probably won't because she doesn't have that much speed, but she'll be close enough to get a good trip. And the other horse that I like in here is the seven you you referenced her, Princess Betty. Now, yeah, she's in the money a lot, but she was running against state red, Florida reds, most of her life. Uh, her last race was at this level where she came in second at this level. So if you look at the race, uh, she was mostly like two wide and then went three wide late on the turn. And I think closers had a slight advantage in the race. I thought it was a pretty hot pace. The other race said like closer race, but it wasn't like that much of a closer race, but it actually closed. So the fact that she made a little bit of a wide and early move, I think is um, a way to upgrade her. So I thought her 74 buyer last time was definitely better than that. I thought her race two back was pretty good too, because she was three wide in a three-way duel with a three to one to 95. In fact, I really liked her two back race because uh, the favorites that she dueled Faded and she was three wide and one it was against weaker that's the only thing but other than that i thought she ran great i thought she ran better last time but anyway so I, I like the seven a significant amount here too so i'm on the two seven i'm going to try and beat the six in this race and those are the main two i know the eight don't get cozy to win also race two back on an 83 buyer though i didn't think it was that impressive mostly saved ground had a good trip a good pace to close into And on last race almost a perfect trip had a weight last time uh, this, is the, this is the, it, don't get cozy the January 14th race maybe you had to wait and it was a slow pace so maybe she could have got a faster uh, speed figure if the pace wasn't that slow so she's fine but I'm mostly on the 2.7 here so talk. You have, you have any other thoughts before we talk about how to bet the race or how I would bet the race
0: yeah if, um, if only if Ricardo Santana was riding at Gulfstream Park and was on Black Magic Woman would it be a lock of the century do you have any idea why i mentioned that
1: i don't even want to guess because i am thinking something that i shouldn't be thinking for for there
0: is a there was a famous song black magic woman by santana
1: oh thank god that's why because i thought it was another reason i was ready to edit the show (laughs) i'm like who am i doing the show with all right anyway (laughs) you saved yourself so that was very good um so, what am I going to do? Was, was that your tidbit to throw in? or is there <laughs>
0: that, was, that was my added. We're
1: We're like George Cassandra, I'm out. Sir wants you. Yeah. All right. So, how would I bet the race? Well, I'm on the two seven here. And out of the other forces, I definitely think the six and the eight have a shot, but I think they're going to be over bet. I think the six will either be the favorite or second choice for the two. And I think the eight will be the third choice. And I'm not in love with either one. They could win, but I'm okay betting against them. The only long shots that I see having a shot here are the four whispering pines. He broke through the gate. And I like how the replay showed the whole thing. He broke through the gate and they had to put him back. He was reluctant. It took two minutes to get him back in the gate. So yeah, he didn't put up a huge figure, but that's a major excuse to me. And he was checked back slightly early. Even though he saved ground. he had a swing out pretty wide uh, middle of the turn. So I think he had 66. He a four. Her 66 was much better. So two back she got a 67 i thought that was like legit no excuse no nothing that was what she got lansbury 66 is probably somewhere in the 70s so she improved last time so she can improve one more, more she's right there with my top two picks so i think the four would be my third choice here and then the one who knows o'malley this is not the toughest field in the world could she run in the dirt i don't know but the connections uh have a lot of success uh i believe they're the frenzy fire people now so um you can see the one if She takes the dirt doing something. I can also see her coming in last. So how would I bet the race? Well, I do think the two and seven are significantly better. So for the most part, I would box a two and seven in an exacta. And if I like one more than the other, I might not box them. I'm assuming the morning line is accurate with them. If the two was like eight to five, I'm not doing that most likely, especially if in the exactas, she's also a big favorite. So the odds play a big part of it, but I would do a two, seven box. Then what I would do is I would do a two seven exacta uh, or an exacta with a two seven over the one, two, four, seven. So basically I add the one and the four in second place. Now, if you want to put them in first also do a little box there in case, but I don't like to spread my money out too much. I'm more, you know, just hammer one way uh, and and not spread too much, generally speaking. Unless it's a huge field and I'm using all big prices but I'm not using huge prices here except for the one, maybe the four. So I'm, I'm doing a two seven exacta box I'm gonna put the two seven over the one two four seven in some is assuming the prices are what they say in the morning line. Triple. I would probably do a triple box one two seven, and then a triple box two four seven, just small, just so I have it. So I'm boxing the two seven with one two seven with the with the four, my two horses with the other two. If so you want to do like a four horse box for fifty cents, if you're investing a decent amount, not a terrible idea maybe. Then I would go a little heavier with the two seven on top. So I bet a triple with the two seven, my main two over the one, two, four, seven, over the one, two, four, seven. So I do my two horses over those two plus two long shots. I wouldn't do that if I was using like the six and the eight, because that's too many. In other words, I wouldn't do my two horses at like three to one, four to one over those two plus adding two other favorites. That's just too many favorites to be spreading, but that's what I would do. And I would bet even more two, seven with two, seven with one, four for third. So I try and key in on the two seven. I like to key in on one horse, but I, I can't distinguish too much. I like the two a little better, but you're going to get a little better odds on the seven and it kind of evens out. So that's kind of the way I do it. And if I bet supers also, I do the same thing. I put the two or seven where they have to come in first. I go one, two, four, seven in second. So one, two, four, seven, second. And then what I probably do is one, two, four, seven, third, one, two, four, seven, fourth. So it may have to come in my four. That's basically one, two, four, seven box. So Though silly to say that way. But then I also add the six, eight for third or fourth. So I hope I'm not confusing people. Two, seven with one, two, four, seven with one, two, four, seven with six, eight. And I also slide the six, eight into the third spot as well. So I'll use the six, eight in the supers a little bit. I don't think the other two horses that I left out or whoever I left out three horse really have a shot. So my point is use your two key horses, use your one key horse, Try not to use them with favorites if they're already short prices. If they're long shots, that's fine. And and try and include prices that you think have a shot with them and leave out some of the shorter price horses. Are you going to win a lot as far as often? No, you're going to lose a bunch of races because I'm leaving out the second and third favorite probably. But when you're right, it will pay a decent amount and it'll make up for a low win percentage. So those are some thoughts on on betting the race there. Hopefully, like I said, it's not too confusing. Uh, We'll move on to race nine, I guess, unless you want to say something, GQ. I don't want to shortchange you on that.
0: No, you're you're good and you can uh, start off race nine.
1: All right, so race nine here. This is a race where I, I like a horse. I'm thinking of singling, and we'll talk about the pick five at the end. And I'm gonna go all the way to the outside. Uh, the 12 horse, who I think moves in a spot or two because it's a main track only scratching. So I think it, it'll be the 10 post. That's a 12 omnia. 72 mooring line. I think that's fairly accurate, the morning line on the seven to two. might be three to one, might be four to one, right around that range. There's a horse who. Two back, I thought ran terrific. She was running in a better race, I think. It was a first level allowance. This is $16,000 claiming race, open claimers. But again, when you're not sure, that was a Tampa the allowance. So who knows how it translates? But I like to look at the odds. She was a horse who was coming off of a 73 and a 70 buyer. And she got, she was 17 to one. So a horse who was like averaging around a 70 buyer was 17 to one in that race. And there's other factors that go into the betting, you know, why they ran the buyer, who the jockey is, all that. But the fact that she was 17 to one, that off a of 70 by, oh, that was a decent race. Because in this race, a 70 is, is just about good enough to win it. The favorites are running 70. So for her to be 17 to one. So I think she was in a much tougher race two back. And I loved her race. She was uh, three wide at the first turn, then two wide on the second turn. And she was up on a, a pretty quick pace that did not hold. Um, and the, the top three in that race, the horse that came in one, two, three, she came in fifth, but only by a length and a quarter so. The top were the last three at the half mile call. So the back three closed to win. And they were prices. What was nine to five? at seven to one, nine to one. So she ran three. So I don't remember the last race. I probably bet the race for all I know. As long as it was a weekend or a Friday, I probably bet it on January 21st at Gulfstream. Uh, again, I don't remember the race. She was a horse I would like in that race, but it was a much tougher race, a 50,000 starter allowance. She didn't run well. She had a 54 mile, which is terrible, but she kind of gave up when she was out of it. However, she was bumped between pretty badly on the first turn, so much that Junior Alvarado was like, I don't think he actually lost to the diners, but he was like coming close to it. He was jumping around. You could tell he was kind of getting a little nervous there that he might fall off the horse. And the horse didn't lose a lot of momentum, but still it had to take something. I mean, if you're running a race and I punch you in the stomach, you know, even if, even if you don't slow down, it's got to do something, to knock your wind a little bit. So I can excuse that race um, a little bit because it was against better and she did have trouble. And if you take out the last race, I would love her here. Like my, my concern for a moment was the distance. I'm like, oh, she's over six of the distance with only a second. But part of that who you you're running against. Look, well, she wasn't running against much better until the last two races. She was actually running against meeker before that. So that scared me. But then I thought she won two races at a mile and sixteenth. There's a mile. So she won going longer. Yeah, it looks like she quits a lot. Uh, going long and that maybe she wants shorter, but I don't know if that's true. So I, I'm on the 12 and I'm hoping the excuse and, and the fact she was against better last time is the reason she didn't win. And I'll just mention one more horse now and I won't take too much time because I not want to focus on the betting more than the handicap here. Uh, the other horse that I'm interested in is the 11, Miss Jen. So that'll be the nine post. So I'm on the outside here. Here's a horse who had a slow start last race. Now the horse, the race did favor closers and a bunch of people are coming out, a bunch of people, a bunch of horses are coming out of that race on January 22nd, um, she saved ground on the first turn. She was three wide on the second turn. And she got checked some on the second turn early. You have to watch the head-on to see it. So if you are someone who watches replays and, and want to verify what I'm saying, check the head-on for her. But she got checked as she was starting to make a move. It wasn't anything crazy, but it probably cost her a little bit. She got a late start. Um, and she got pushed a very wide late on the turn. She wasn't that wide on the turn. She saved ground the first three wide. And then at the end, she got pushed out like six, seven wide. But again, it was very late in the tournament. Between that and the little check early on the second turn, she had some and a slow start. She had some excuses. Going into that race, I I thought she was as good as anyone. She doesn't have any speed, which scares me and there's not much in the race. Another reason is like the 12 here because it looks like Louie might go to the front and not look back. Uh, But the 11 will be my second horse in this race. So I'm mostly with the 12-11 in this race. And I'm not going to talk about why just to save time. But the other horses who I'm leading to are the 4-6-7. 4-6 are dropping. um, And the seven, had a pretty wide trip last time, had some races that are good enough to win. So um, those were the other horns I was thinking about. And I'll talk about that when I go into the betting. In these are no one would shock me. With the first race, in race eight, I was like, eh, a couple horses can't win. I didn't even mention them. In this race, no one would shock me. All 10 have a shot to win this one, I think. So go ahead, GQ, and then I'll get into how I would, I would bet the race or attack it.
0: So far, this uh, pick five is, for me, is lining up to be quite musical um because the five to two morning line favorite the two horse hop on the bus Gus, is from the famous paul simon 50 ways to leave your lover so uh everybody's going to jump on the bus
1: i said there's no need to discuss much now then
0: ah there you go yeah, you're I catching all it on my before my time you're Hi, back you? in my good graces <laughs> my
1: dad had a central park uh cd that i used to listen to Oh,
0: uh, okay all right so um the interesting part is it seems like, as if with uh, hop on the bus gus uh mike maker and Safi joseph are having a claiming war yeah uh, you know Safi had had the horse uh or mike or he claimed it from mike maker so Mike Maker then claimed it back, and now Safi says, "Ah, I like this horse. I mean, the the horse uh, it, it, the the Brisnet speed figures aren't all that impressive, nor uh, the Myers. right? So, uh, but yet, yeah, uh, you know, I guess because of uh, who the trainer is, the horse has gone off as the the favorite in his last five races." Uh, at a lower level, when he went off as uh, the two to one favorite last time, it, again, similar, uh, kind of ran the way he should have and not not as the favorite, you know, uh, a dull fifth. Uh, I'm just looking at last race prison turf figures and um, unless and he really shouldn't bounce off of this is the eight, which you didn't you, you don't like Scatnap. No, I'm not against um,
1: catnap. I yeah, I just would rather. Well, you tell me why you like, and I'll say why I don't like. It's really because so, of the value. You're not getting value. I,
0: yeah, I, I'm I I'm not a big fan of, of Corey. Um, interesting that Paco doesn't get the call here, but I guess after you know he won easy, but obviously uh, didn't beat much because the he went off uh, as the seven to five favorite. So but I think the horse can come back because he has run, you know, it, it wasn't a, a career best and the horse can probably come back. It's the third, third race off the layoff, uh, likes the golf stream park turf that, you know, has been in the exacta eight of 16 starts. And if I'm going to get nine to two, you know, I, I'd have to go there. So, um, I I do agree with you. uh, With with you said, Miss Jan, I kind of like a little bit. I was just, you know, I don't know if you know these races just fell apart, and that's why it looks like, uh, you know, they they were closing ground. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna go with the the eight Scatnap.
1: Yeah, I just think Scatnap two back ran at this level, came in fourth, lost by three and a quarter lengths, so three and a half lengths, and I think that's what Scatnap is as an eight year old now. Last race got a uh, uh, probably biggest to be figure she's gotten about eight races, seven races. She was running against weaker, right? 16,000 non winners of one in a year. She was also seven to five in that race, which tells me it wasn't a very strong race. So could Scatnap win? No, of course she could. Uh, I said anyone in this race could win. I don't want her at nine to two, four to one, five to one. You know, she was like 15 to one, okay, 10 to one, you know, maybe, but. The horse is fine, and she won't be that hot. She'll be you know, amongst the favorites, uh, especially with the I think the biggest speed figure last out. So she'll be one of, if not the favorite. The two up, I, I guess the two is going to get bad and the two's fine, but she also had really good trips, and I just I'm not in love with the two at all. So uh, I hope she goes off five to two, and I hope Scatnap's the second choice because I'll be in, in good shape. Uh, but I think the twelve will take money. All right, so as far as betting the race, what would I do? Well, a lot of, it's hard in advance because a lot of it depends on on the odds. Right, If the 12 is 7 to 2 or 4 to 1, I'm going to key on the 12. But let's say the 12 goes off like 2 to 1, 8 to 5. I don't think she will. But if she did, or and, or if the 11, my other horse, who I don't like as much, but I like, if the 11 is like 15, 20 to 1, regardless of the 12, I'm going to choose the 11 to key. Even though I like the 12 more, I don't like the 12 10 times or 5 times more. Like the odds might be 5 times shorter. So it really will depend on the odds. But whatever it is, I'm going to key around both of those horses a little bit, and pick one as like the main key. And what do I mean by that? Well, let's say it's the 12. I'll use the 12 and exact this with the other horses I like. I mentioned, and then their prices: the 4, 6, 7, 11. They're all either double digits or close to it. So I might even do an exact box 12 with 4, 6, 7, 11. Then I'll cut down a little bit since the 7 I like a little less. Maybe I'll do 12 with the 4, 6, 11, and then because the 11 is my my main guy uh, on the horse, I would do 12, 11 box a little more. And I put the 12 on top more with those horses too. So exact the boxes, 12 with the four long shots I like, and then 12 on top of them as well. And I I bet more on the combinations I like. Like the 12, 11 might be, you know, if you're a small better, whatever, two, $4, 12, 11, and only $1, 12, seven, something like that. I could do the same thing with the 11 though, based on the value. In the triples, I would probably keep it, again, if I'm keying the 12, i do the same thing in the, as they did in the exact I put the 12 on top and the 4, 6, 7, 11. And I might move the 12 to the second spot. I'd probably put less in the second spot. So maybe I have a dollar or $2, 12 on top of the 4, 6, 7 in the triples. And maybe if I do $2 on top, maybe $1 in the second spot or 50 cents in the second spot, you're not a big better. And then what I would do is, and I could do the same in the super sim, i then match up the 12 and 11. So basically I do triples, and supers where the 11 and 12 have to be in there. More so when they come in first or second, those horses, but I would have, so if it came in like four, six, seven, have no the three horses. So if it came in, I don't know, four, 12, 11, I got it. Six, 12, 11, I got it. 11, seven, 12, I have it. So as long as the 11 and 12 are in the uh, top three, then, and the four, six, seven, fill out the try or the super, I will have it. So I like linking up two horses, especially when ones of price. And that's what I'm gonna do in this race. And like I said, in the first race, yeah, the IRAD horse can, can beat me in the first race, the Fletcher in rate eight In this race, sure, can Tyler beat me on the two? Sure. Can your scatnap beat me? Sure. But if I'm right once on the day, I'm gonna make money. And, and sometimes I just hope to hit one bet a day and I make money when I do that. So um, that's what I'm gonna do here uh, in, in the betting scenario. And don't be afraid to just toss chalk. Even if you think they're decent, if they're not a value, or you think the long shots are not that much weaker? Just use the prices. So the only really shorter price I'm using is the 12-year. All right. Any any final thoughts before we move on? No.
0: Let's move on to number 10.
1: All right. We go on to race 10. It is a uh, weird allowance. What is this uh, level? Oh, it's a 75,000 optional claimer. Again, I don't know if any of these words are up for a claim, so you can put your checkbook away, GQ. I know you were angling. Oh no, the nine Argentello. If you want to claim Argentello oh. for 75, you can. From, uh, from Connor Murphy, uh, the mind horse. But anyway, um, and it's a non-winners of three other than. So basically, it's like an allowance 3X, if you know what that is. Uh, that's basically what this is with the optional claim or two. Uh, so you win your main in, you go to a 1X, you win that, you go to allowance 2X, you win that, and you're in this race, unless you're offering the claim. So in this race, do you want me to kick off or do you want to kick off?
0: Yeah, I was just wondering, you know, was this was this race written for the... Chad Brown horse structure?
1: It's possible. I, I don't know if they had the race anywhere and they made it for him, but it, it definitely couldn't be.
0: No, because you, you can take it from there. I you know.
1: Yeah, yeah I don't like races like this because uh, GQ is referring to the five, nine to five morning line favorite structure. This is a horse who won the Breeders' Cup, juvenile turf, uh, San Anita. The only problem is he didn't do it what, two, three, three months ago he did it 15 months ago, 2019, the horse at three for three broke the name at Saratoga, um, then came back in the Pilgrim grade three, this is as a two-year-old, and won the Pilgrim by a head, and then came back and won that Breeders' Cup Juvenile over Billy Bat's gear jockey. Now, I'll admit, I'm not like an expert at knowing every horse around, especially if they're not um, you know New York or, or Florida horses, Were any of those horses that good? I mean, Eternal Summit came back to win, but were any of those horses, I'm sorry, out there, I might be way wrong, and there might be really good horses. I think Jockey was okay, that horse I know. I don't know how great the horse he beat developed, but the horse is three for three, absolutely can win. Now, if you're looking like, oh, speed figures are low, how is this a favorite? Those speed figures run as a two-year-old, so you would think the horse is is better now. These are the horse I would never bet. I'd either avoid the race, or uh, I would bet against, and when we do like the betting, this is a race I'm just not going to bet. Um, vertically. I, I just, I don't want to take a chance. The only way I bet is if is like three to five and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take a stab against him. That I might do, but otherwise I have no idea, you know, what's going to happen with structure. But if I was betting, I'd have to be against structure, even though the horse could win. So who do I like But I'm not on board with structure? Well, I don't have anyone here. That's the problem. But uh, one horse, I think you'll like and one horse you won't like. Uh, so I'll mention the two of them. Uh, the one horse penalty. Well, that's the horse who I would put on top, I guess, at seven to two. The horse hasn't run since July. And Mott's not necessarily like a get him ready off the layoff kind of trainer. But if you look at this horse, when he came off the layoff in 2019, so he ran in July 2018 and then came back February of 19, similar layoff. Came in second in the allowance race to Lemonist. He ran pretty well and he improved his speed figure from the year before. And then when he made his 2020 debut in February of last year, he was off since August, similar to what's going on now. And he put up his lifetime best at the time, 94 buyer speed figure. Am I reading it wrong? Yes, 94. And he won that race, a a similar level race. And look what he beat. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He came in. I'm having trouble because I can't see my hand ring. He did win that race. And he beat Largent, who we know Largent's a pretty good horse. So, penalty off the lineup has run really well. So, maybe the lineup's not that big of a deal. He's a little older now. But I love Mott, Alvarado, and this is the horse that I would lean on if I was betting this race. I think, you know, if the horse is ready, I think the horse wins the race, unless Structure's just a monster. Uh, not much to say. He did dip in his start penalty. If you go back to his last race in July, he lost him out of length. He did save Brown, though, so that kind of made up for it, I think. Uh, but he's just, each year, gotten better. I don't know if he can keep getting better as a six-year-old, but the horse is ready. He's right there, if not the best. He's been keeping good company, who he's running against. Ivar, if you remember, is a very nice horse. Delaware, I don't love, but the Chad Brown is not bad. chewing gum is a, a highly regarded turf horse in New York who didn't quite pan out, but he's still a solid horse. You know, he, he failed in graded stakes company, but this is not graded stakes. So I, I think the one is the most likely winner here. The other horse who I know you won't like is Ever Dangerous, the seven, who I don't like as much, but the uh, reason you don't like him is he's a four-year-old and he raced only against three-year-olds, so this is his first versus older, uh, even though he is older too, so technically. Uh, there's a horse who his first level two back. He won, but it was only against three-year-olds, and I thought it wasn't that impressive. It was a race where um, he had a pretty easy lead, the speed held. Like, that race was not good, in my opinion. I would never have been out of that race, nor did anyone, because he was 74-1 to in a stakes race against Fancy Liquor, who we saw run last week, or I think it was last week at Tampa. And Fancy Liquor is a nice horse for a three-year-old. He's like an 88 buyer horse, nothing special, but a nice horse. Didn't win a grade two, or, or maybe even a grade one, but a grade two winner, so... Yeah, I think that's three-year-olds, not not as good as old ones, but so last time, 74-1, to beat Fancy liquor, Bye Bye Melvin. It was a solid race. It was similar to this, I think, a little weaker field than this, actually. I shouldn't say similar, but the horse ran well. Uh, Three-wide trip the whole way around, so he earned that win. Now, was it a fluke, or is it a sign the horse is getting better and now a year later? I like George Weaver. He's kind of like a more patient to me trainer who gets the horses going kind of like a a mini shug in the sense that he'll get his horses going and he can win first out too he's not like he's not preparing them early but he's a guy who's just to me a good horseman you know i don't think of him and think of drugs and hooping up the horses so i think this horse can run well at the i don't love the horse i definitely think the one's better but this horse improves and definitely has a shot here um grand journey's fine actually single grand journey one of our shows a few uh, months ago and didn't run well but since then has run better now, the last race, Grand Journey ran against the horses we talked about last week. In fact, I think you picked Talker Listen last week or Eons. They were in the same turf race, if you remember at Tampa. Uh, Talker Listen was like the four horse, 15 to 1 morning line. Eons was the like eight, who was like 10 to 1 morning line. They both went off big prices, And I don't think either one did much of anything. I'm not positive. They, they didn't come in the top two or three uh, in that race. That was a race with Grace. Um, Grace who ended up coming in uh, uh, third. And uh, Fancy Little yeah, so- was in that race, actually, too.
0: Walker Lisson went off 16 to 1 and ran fourth in the two favorites okay. for nowhere. All right, so not terrible. But uh, my point is, he ran against okay horses. It wasn't
1: bad. It wasn't amazing. But, decent horse. but I thought he had a really good trip. He saved ground. Yeah, he went four wide late on the second term. He saved ground first turn, saved ground second turn until then. And at the end, it looks like, oh, he's closing. He was never going by the top two. Now, the decent horses, you can see Journey winning. He's fine. But I don't love Grand Jury. You know, the only two long shots that I would look at is the six and the eight. I think have outside chances. I don't think they're that much slower. Um, the six got outrun. He was running against better horses. Ryan Common, Free. And, Cox and we, we covered that race with Doug McPherson a few weeks ago. He had no chance in that race. If you go back two back, you know he wasn't really a threat at this level. Uh, got a good speed figure, but not much of a threat at the level. So he was coming off a little bit of a laugh. I don't love the six, but I don't think he's that much worse than the top horses. And the eight also, I don't love. But he's coming out of a grade three race where he didn't have a shot. He was 108 to 1. Could he do something? Maybe. He ran against therapist. He came in a few lines finding it a good horse. So I can't say I love a six eight, but they have an outside shot. Uh so I went too long. Just penalty is my main work here. Uh, but I'd be afraid to lean too heavily just because of the fact that it is a layoff,
0: though he's done well. Go for it. Wow. I uh I keep going back to the the five horse grand journey. The horse- four horse, just not to confuse people. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the four horse uh, Grand Journey at four to one, you know, seven times at the distance, five five wins. Uh, the the speed figures kind of go all over the place. Kind of like run runs a good good one, bad good bad. Uh, he's third third race off into the uh, cycle, so the horse showed progress not speed figure wise but uh as far as uh running against uh, good competition i i just like uh the fact that irad is now back him after you know disastrous uh grade three try uh, last september as long as they don't let his brother just take the lead and uh walk the dog on the front end because i i was actually looking for there's a couple of horses that, that could go to the lead, but there isn't anybody who you, who you know for sure will be on the lead, if you know what I'm saying, uh, and that's what who, how I was first, you know, looking at the race for that possibility, you know, who knows, maybe Jose, based on his riding, you know, the way he likes to ride, uh, he'll, he'll probably try to get out there, and if nobody, you know, tries to run with him, he'll walk the dog, and Doctor will win at three to five hope not but uh i'll i'll use the five horse grand journey uh to four, to horse, four horse four four horse excuse yeah, me yeah you're
1: throwing uh, everyone off. I, I don't see structure on the leave the only thing is sometimes towards all layoffs are, are really like fresh is the right word i don't know but you know they're all keyed up so maybe that'll send them and he did have a fast five for a long workout a couple uh, about a month ago but I, I don't see him on the lead here yeah, he, i'm not he, going you're he, better oh go ahead gq
0: yeah, I mean, Strucker's been working consistently for the last four months. I mean, he, he should be in shape. But again, you know, okay, he's undefeated, big deal. Yeah, the the, the speed figures aren't all that great. But he's Chad Brown, and so he's just going to take money.
1: Yeah, and like we said, those speed figures are from when he was a two-year-old, so you uh, right. got to upgrade them. Yeah, listen, the five is very likely to win I just don't want to bet him at a short price. And I'm afraid to bet against them too, to be honest at a short price. Uh, there, I said be honest again. Like I guess I wasn't mean before. Um, so yeah, this race, how would I bet it? Well, I probably wouldn't bet it unless I got good odds, but I don't think I'm getting good odds because I don't think penalty, I think penalty would be the second choice. I think structural will be about even money, and I think penalty about be about two to one, five to two. I could be wrong. Um, and then grand journey will be a little behind that, along with maybe the nine horse at like five to one. Because of the big speed figures and the seven will be about five, six to one. So uh, I don't know. If I did bet it, I'd have to get a good odds on penalty. Uh, and then I'd have to link up penalty with some prices. I'd have to bet against Structor. And I'd have, my prices are the six and the eight. And I don't feel that confident about them. Uh, I don't even be that confident in those prices because they'll be 20 to one or more each one. But I have to have some confidence that they can come in. And I don't know. I mean, but I would bet the one with the six, eight, even though the seven is my other horse. I'd actually do seven with the six, eight a little bit, just a small bet in case. Uh, but mostly it would be the one with the six, eight. And if I bet like triples and supers, um, you know, I'd do the one with the six, seven, eight. I throw the seven in, but the four is solid too. So it's hard to just toss him uh, out. And that's why I might not bet this race. But my point is when you're betting, if you have some prices that you think have a chance, use them, work them in. Uh, into your bets and don't worry about short prices who you like a little bit more but if you like them a little bit more and they're a much shorter price that's not good if you like them a lot more okay but not a little bit more so uh, again probably not a race I'm betting to there but if I was that I'd lean on the one and try and get the six eight as long shots in the money moving on to race 11 uh, the Gulfstream stream park sprint a grade three event and I mean there's a horse that's just better than these I think the only question, will the horse repeat You know, four weeks after uh, having a six-month layup and running a huge figure? That's Mischievous Alex. This is a horse who I've long liked. Uh, as a three-year-old, early, he was talked about as a potential derby horse. The question was the distance. I remember he won the swale at um, Gulfstream very impressively, got a 93 buyer, and that was February 1st of his three-year-old season. That's pretty pretty darn good at that point. And Again, he, he was pretty impressive doing it. The question was pretty Stretch out. So they tried him in the Gotham and he won in a mile. Now, it wasn't really the toughest uh, prep race to Gotham, but he won. All right. What's going to happen now? The owners, I remember at the time, and the connections decided, hey, we're not going to stretch him out any further. It doesn't look like he's going to go the derby distance. So they shortened him up. They put him in the Woody Stevens, where he ran fourth in in a pretty solid race uh, at that time. Then Alan Jerkins, a seven furlong race, grade one um where he ended up um not doing too well they gave him time off now he was a service door so when he came back last time if i i don't remember the race to be honest i'm not sure i said again but um i I wouldn't have bet him last time a the layoff B the short price and c he was coming off the service juice so who the hell knows how he's gonna run service what's that oh wrong service thank you i think you told me that last time too uh, on another horse. So I apologize. I'm glad you said that because I just circled service and my, my circle goes right through the John part I see now. So thank you. Well, that makes me feel better about the horse here. Um, I was going to say he went off of the service juice, but he's still with a trainer who does uh, magically well with Sappy Joseph. Um, the only question is a horse who took six months off for whatever reason, new, connect, uh, new, uh, new trainer, put up a huge speed figure, lifetime best, now he's run, Now he's had four weeks or five weeks off, so it's not like he's coming right back. Uh, it's like five weeks, I think. So he's had some rest, but when you need six, you know, six months to run a 103, can he do it in five weeks? If he runs anywhere close to his last race, he's going to win this one. He had a good trip, but I mean, he was dominant in the race, and I just thought he was one of the best three-year-olds last year. If you don't factor in the distance, obviously, you know, going two turns or long, he, he wasn't one of the best. But um, you know, six furlongs, ten furlongs, he, he he was as good as anyone. Looks like he improved as a uh, four year old now. So he's always going to win. You're not getting six to five. You're getting two to five or three to five, maybe. You know, four to five, you're lucky, but it's probably two, three to five on the race. Uh, I don't love anyone else. The uh, Cajun brother would be my next choice of the four, only because I think he's improving. Two back. I didn't love his race, an optional claim in the race. Uh, he saved ground. The rail opened up, was like the parting of the Red Sea. And uh, he just came right through. And won that race. So his 83 by or two back was not that impressive. So I don't think he really improved. But his last race was much better. He was two to three wide um, and he was fairly close to a pretty solid pace and still was able to hang on uh, at 14 to one. So I thought he improved a lot last race. Now, could he improve again? He would need to. And he'd need Mischievous Alex to see the balance or not show up a little bit. But Cajun Brother would be my next horse. And then I think the three and the two have a little chance. But if Shimmery is the second choice, I don't know if he will be. I'm okay going against. I mean, Shimmery might still be improving. These are words I never like because the good races are always up on flow paces. Like the whole the, the Florida Derby, I mean, if you were running and you were on the lead that day with that pace, you would have held on. Uh, so I thought that was such a dressed-up race. I didn't like it at all. You actually ran better uh, after the Florida Derby, that allowance race where you ran against Soleil Volante and hey, Deuces team, my boy. Because uh, he, he was in a big speed duel with another uh, being-toned horse who faded to the back, who I can't remember. Then he went in some tough races, Bluegrass, Travers, too far for him. You can toss those races. Uh, then they shortened him up, and he wins, uh, two back. It was a Florida-Bred uh, Stakes race at Tampa. I don't know how tough the field really was. I like Jackson, but he's not like, you know, these horses are mischievous Alex. The last race, I mean, he was in a duel with a long shot. But it really wasn't that fast. I wasn't that impressed. So you can argue he's an improving horse, but I, I don't need chivalry. So I'm on the five, Mission Alex, no secret there. The only horse I would bet really to beat him is the, the four. And again, the three and the two, I think of a shot. I, I don't really like the other horses uh, too much, the one or the seven I, I, or the six. I, I don't really need those horses uh, in this race. So, GQ, what are your thoughts here? And then talk about betting.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have, I'm going to make you have a heart attack. I want to bet 50 to uh, to place on the seven horse frosted grace.
1: <laughs> okay. I hope you're
0: joking, right? <laughs> no, he's he's the, the typical second itis horse. He you oh. know, he finally he finally got past this condition his last time out after running second many times over or whatever. Facing the big boys now and it graded stakes. But it, it really, is and there's a lot of speed. I don't know if all the speed's going to stop. But, you know, he's one horse who will pick up the pieces. And so maybe, maybe gets there at a price. So, you know, what am I going to do? You know, Mr. Miss Alex, two to five, do a, do a $20 Exacta straight with them two?
1: Yes. Than play. Oh, what's, what's it going doing?
0: to pay? What's it going to you, pay? It's not like I'm getting... Your,
1: your argument's fine for Frosty Grades. Listen, this is a weak grade three, so it's not like a huge step up. Right. Um, so I can understand you want him, comes in second lot. It's, the logic's not bad at all. I don't really like the horse, but
0: logic's good. Oh, my he, God. Now I'm going to have a heart attack. You're actually complimenting my logic. Well,
1: I'm complimenting, <laughs> but I'm saying it makes sense at least. Unlike some of your picks, which are crazy. At least, at least you
0: didn't <laughs> say there's logical two words. No shot.
1: No, I wouldn't say that with this horse. No shot. I don't think he has a shot to win. But um, for second well, That's choice, why
0: I said 50 to place. Well, here's here's why that's a dumb bet. Because, because if Mischievous Alex wins, it brings down, it kills the place pool. Yep. So
1: if you think Mischievous Alex is going to win, then bet, if you're betting 50, do the $50 exactly, because that's right. going to pay more straight. 5-7, that's going to pay a lot more than 50 to place. If you think Mischievous Alex is going to lose, yeah, your plate might have to be really good, but sure. I think you would do better putting, I wouldn't do this either, but if you put the other five horses in first, in a $10 exacta, so whatever, one, two, three, four, six, with the seven, that would be, pretend. that's a $50, that's the same $50 place, the $10 exacto will pay more than 50 to place, I think, unless I'm wrong, uh, if you leave out Mishra Salas. So, if I no, were I, you, I think
0: you're right, I mean, I... You might be right with that. But yeah. Think, oh <laughs> you know, but, but, but the thing is is, you know, it's not that I hate mischievous Alex. You know, you, you do that kind of bet when you hate hate the low price
1: horse. Yeah, and, and exactly. So um I, I just I, I really don't think mischievous Alex can lose. I know you're getting a short price, but like I said, you can and, you can bounce.
0: Right. And and this is the reason why this card was our Third choice <laughs> for the
1: podcast five. Yes. But um, well, it's okay to have a favorite. Listen, if you want, just don't go six deep in a race. We're using Mister Mister alex and we'll talk about the pick five at the end here. We're almost done. So if I was bet, I'm probably not betting this race because the odds are not there. I-, I don't think I can beat the favorite at least with confidence at all. Um, if I bet the race, I would just bet it straight five four in an exacta, or maybe a five four three triple. And if I did that, I can do five with the three four in a triple and. Then Five, four, three in that order a little extra. Um, and just key the five on top if I bet. But this is a race I'm most likely not fan, but this is one where I definitely am not spreading and you know, using if I'm using it. Listen, if you don't like Mr. Thomas Alex, you're like he's gonna balance, he's not, I think he can run off the board. Five, all five of them if you want the other or the other six, you'll make money probably. You shouldn't really do that. But spread your heart's content if you can beat Mr. Thomas Alex, But if he's in your bets and you can't really spread. Um, all right, so let's go on to race 12. And this is a race that I don't hate, I hate for the podcast because this is a race where I really rely on workout reports a lot. So, without the workout reports, because I don't see them until at the earliest Friday night and usually Saturday morning, it's so hard for me to say who I like or who I've been. So, having said that, I have some early thoughts and then the workout reports will steer me in the direction. And the advantage of the workout reports to me is I can really cut out some horses that are training poorly. And not that I would add extra horses I didn't like, but Maybe there's like one or two that are training so well. I'm like, you know, what, instead of using six horses, I'm just gonna use the two that are training well, and, and you actually end up saving money with the workout reports. Even if they call, co- I get them for free, but if you if they cost you money, you might end up saving money if you trust them. Uh, and generally, they've been pretty good. I mean, you know, sometimes they leave out a horse and the horse runs well, but you know, generally speaking, they've been good. Last week at Santa Anita, you know, they love that backward horse, not not Bezos, but the other one, um, and and it didn't work out, but you know, that's not going to be perfect, but it was a race of golf two weeks ago where Joel was on a 10 horse and Kelly Green had a 12 and they had great workout reports and everyone's going five, six, seven deep in a 12 horse field, first time starters. And I used 10, 12, I only used two horses and it benefited me, the 12 did nothing, but the 10, the Rosario Clement first timer a couple weeks ago golf it was, ended up coming in and, and I saved the fortune um, and, and, you know, profited. So anyway, in this race, do you, do you have anything you want to start with before I go? Because I don't have too much to say just because there's not much to go on for some starters and stuff.
0: Oh, I, there, there's a horse in here just uh, based on breeding and stuff that uh, I'm. it might might be my challenge bet for the week. Wow. Yeah. You want to share? Sure. It's um, the good Catholic boy that I am. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be all over number eight, holy redeemer. I mean, <laughs> sire is blame. Out of a Scat Daddy mare, how much more turf do you want? And the horse has never been on the turf. Plus, gets my my second time blinkers. And Eddie Plisa just took this horse over. Uh he his Eddie Palisa wins at a 70% clip with his turf starters, better than his overall percentage and 14% first time on the grass. I mean, and you got Paco on him, stay, stays on him. This horse must have had wonderful workout reports his entire life or something, <laughs> uh, or, or they were just waiting for the horse to duplicate or improve off of his debut when he lost by a neck because he's been the favorite the next three times out. He's 10 to 1 morning line, first time turf with anything that Scat Daddy has uh blood in. Um, sign me up.
1: Yeah, we we give Peter, I give Peter a lot time, and I, I like PIL, but we give him a hard time at his morning lines. This is a tough race to make a morning line, on. These are the hard ones. Who the hell knows? Especially if you don't know like the workout reports and the buzz on the backstretch. It it really is hard. Um so a few a few horses here. The three horses, most likely the favorite, although maybe, I think there's a Chad Brown, right? Maybe the Chad takes a ton of money or the Pletcher takes a lot of money. I think there was a Pletcher, yeah, the twelve, but the three is going to be amongst the favorites, if not the favorite, Phil he's got the best figure on uh, turf. And the horse looks like he should run well. Um, Last race, chased a seven to two shot at one, so the speed kind of held, but they were probably the two best horses. It was eight length or so back to the next horse crew dragon who came back to win now again not being like oh he beat been a horse who won because who knows you have to look up and i didn't i admit did crew dragon win dropped Navy flaming maybe true dragon got put on the dirt where he's a better horse and won so i don't know the answer there and i don't care that much so that's why i didn't look it up uh but just because being a horse and won don't get too excited in my opinion but there's a horse who's got the best figures ran a, a solid race the other thing is and I'm not against this horse at all. I mean, if I had to pick one horse with a gun to my head to win regardless of the odds, I'd probably pick the three. But this horse was coming off a layoff, but it was his third start where other horses only had one start so far and they're making their second start. So the room for improvement is greater with some other horses. Now the counter argument would be, well, second off the layoff and Mott is patient off the layoff. So this horse should improve. And I think this horse will improve a little bit off the lay- second off the layoff. Question is. The horses who started only once and now coming second time, they have more room for improvement. So um, the three is gonna be tough, I would think, and should run well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, what happens, the, the downside is you're getting short odds. On uh, the other words that I was interested in a little bit, the seven performing arts, nine to two morning line, I think it'll be a little higher than that, actually. So Brian Lynch and Jose Ortiz, I could be wrong, but I would think like six to one, seven to one range. horse who had one start, Two wide trip, uh, slightly losing ground at the end to um, the top two, which I don't like to see. But Lucky Law was a nice-looking horse who ran at Tampa last week in the uh, in that uh, three-year-old, the Sam Davis, who I don't think did much, but that was on the dirt uh, horse. Second-time start should improve a lot, I would think. So has to improve a lot, but I think it has a shot here. I don't love the seven by any means, but I think has a shot. Uh, the other two I uh, like a little more would be the 10 and the 12. Those would be my, if I had to pick top two. The 10 had significant trouble. Like the start was just ridiculously bad. Now, the only problem is second out, if the horse does the same thing at the start, then that's not a good sign. You know, if it started bad one time, why can't he, why won't he start bad again? He had to the start, but the thing was, yeah, he had to the start and came out slow, but then he was like cut off by the other horse and pulled back totally. So he was bad on his own, but the other horse lost him a lot early. So that horse ran much better, much better. unless literally started or spotting the field six lengths. I mean, it's hard to win when you spot them six lengths. So second time out should improve. I can't say I love the horse, but definitely has a shot. I, I don't know what odds you're going to get. Louis Sayas, an eight to one. If it's something like that, I'd definitely give a shot. And then Bracken, again, I don't know. This is a horse who we talked about um, a couple weeks ago because he ran second to Klein Factor. Of course, Klein Factor was the one that was the favorite somehow, not somehow, I know why, but was a horrible favorite running against Greatest Honor, the easiest five to two money you're ever going to make. That was crazy he was five to two Greatest Honor. But anyway, um, Bracken came back to run against uh, Simovic, who's a nice horse, but I think he's also a horse, actually. I could be wrong. Came in third, you know, that was on the dirt. Now they're going to try to turf. Um, you know a little bit of turf breeding i guess on the mom's side not so much on the dad's side they know of little maybe spikestown you know better than me maybe spikestown he was a dirt sprinter but maybe he grows good horses on the turf well on, on the
0: on on the mom's side Miss Masson's a turf sprinter right so i don't know about going a mile yeah Plus, with, with the with the outside post in these mile turf races you know it it, it it's hard it, it's difficult so and you're not going to get a price because it's IRAD and Fletcher. So,
1: yeah, and and you know the other horse, the two sins for Jack Sisterston, the trainer, first time start, my boy Junior Alvarado. I mean, I, I said I don't bet horses going long on the turf, especially uh, or dirt too. I guess not necessarily turf, uh, going long in two turns, first out. But at least Sistersins has some success with it, and you're going to get a big price. And then yeah. the, uh, the Chad oh. Brown of course. Oh, oh, go ahead.
0: Let, let me chime in with the two its it's interesting I've never seen especially a jack Sisterson who isn't known as a turf you know type of trainer I guess they, they, they the workouts early on like in May and June and uh, they, they maybe the horse had some issues and then started back up in November everything was on the dirt then as soon as they came south for the winter it's like well, this horse doesn't do anything on the Dirt. Let's see, you know, give them workout on the turf. And first two workouts on the turf were were pretty impressive. So they just stuck that way. So, and, you know, Jack's uh, 0 for 12 and over the last three years with turf debuters. So the the 10 to 1 reflects that. Uh, But it's just kind of interesting looking at the workouts, you know, that the horse went from dirt then exclusively turf once once they came south you know yeah there's you know it's out of an irish bred sire but still um i i guess you could argue that it was bred to to run on the turf i i wish i had time to look up the the dam to see how she did uh, if she she was successful on the turf, or not. yeah. I mean, the
1: dad won uh what six, seven Group One races in Europe and was one of the best words in the world. So on turf, so right. you know, definitely, I, w- I would say on the dad's side at least turf. So maybe, so, and, and then of course the Chad Brown the six will take money, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars purchase. They start on the dirt, but
0: but devil's advocate here. Here's the thing, like you said, you know, automatically when you look, you know, again Peter Brandt and Michael Tabor, you know, everybody, you know the they 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 just spend you know ridiculous money on um horses three quarter million dollar purchase but what was with that that debut okay um when was the last time a chad brown horse that was a quarter million dollars went off at eight to one there's a red flag right there it says the horse wasn't worth crap and and if this horse is really a turf horse. Well, and why did they debut, you know, on on dirt? So I have a big question mark. And I I I, I wouldn't be on this horse. Yeah. As I your main, your
1: main picks, especially if you're getting a short price for, for the reasons you said. And then you mentioned eight and nine at 30 to one. Why not? Uh, you know, without looking at workout reports. Second time starter can improve a lot. Uh, you know, so so who knows? Not nothing clever there. So before the workout reports, I'm really wide here, but I'm hoping with the workout reports, I can really shorten that race. But for betting purposes, uh, it is not a race of betting at all, unless I see something in the works and changes my mind. Uh, so I, I would not bet that race. I'm not just throwing money away, you know, on a race just to get the action. Some people want to if you do. If I wanted that, I would just bet very little on the race. I'll bet a few months on the race, but I, I'm hoping Laurel's running so I could get some action there as well. Um, all right, so that was the all five races. So I want to talk about the uh, the pick five here. You know, we talk about like tickets and stuff but i want to talk about breaking it down um so going through the races he- here's like a step-by-step process that i go through right so i'm writing and i know some like tommy masses came on and he disagreed with me a lot on this because he doesn't he doesn't like you know writing down who you think can win he's like nope just pick the one or two horses in the race and you think can win and move on um so i'm going through the races so in race eight i'm not going to list the horses you can go back and listen at some point i'll listen but I basically have six horses in that race who I think have a shot at winning. Well, race eight, six. In race nine, the second leg, I think all 10 have a shot at winning, 10 horses. In the third leg, race 10, I think six horses have a shot at winning. In race 11, the fourth leg, that's the um, Mischievous Alex. I think Mischievous Alex is going to win, but there are three other horses that intrigued me a little bit. So for starting purposes, I'm going to you know, write down all four. So four there. And then last race, I wrote down eight horses out of the 12. Again, it's more important about how we're breaking this down than who the words are right now. So that's six by 10 by six by four by eight. Comes out to $5,760. If you gave me $5,760 to bet, I'm pretty confident I would hit this bet. However, you've got to be a moron to bet $5,760, unless it was like 24 steals and, you know, I, I don't know that's crazy so there's no way i'm obviously betting so most players are maybe they're not that high but you're writing down who you think has a a, a shot here and then you're going from there so that's what it came out from. so i'm like all right now i gotta break it down So how do i break it down well one thing and i know itp talked to us about this i think he did i have spoken to him about it i think it was on the air but nibbling away is not the best way to go so in other words Cut two from one leg, cut two from another, cut three from this leg. Nibbling it down just mathematically is not good. Because if you have, let's say, six in one race and 10 in the other, right? So six times 10 is $60. Well, 50 cents, so $30, right? So if you use six in one, 10 in the other, six times 10 is 60, 50 cents bet, so it's $30. Now, if you nibble away, let's say I cut the four to six and the 10 to seven. Now, the six I'm cutting to four, so that's four times the 10, I cut the seven times seven. That's $28 and it's a 50 cent bet. So you cut in half. So that's 14. Instead of going uh, four by seven and cutting some horses from both races, why not just cut from one race? If I go six down to two, let's say six down to three, I cut in half. Now I'm three by 10. Three by 10 is 30. If I cut a few from each and I'm four by seven, it's 20. It's almost the same exact thing. So nibbling down. Each race is probably not a good bet. The only way I would recommend that is if you're nibbling out the favorites. If you're like, I, I'm just going to take out all the short prices here, then I can understand it. Because if you're that deep, why take the short prices? So that's not a thing I would do. So I want to eliminate a lot. I want to cut a race with like four or five horses down to one or two. I want to cut a race where I have eight or nine, maybe down to two, because that would drastically cut my bet. So I look around at the races and a few things. So the first thing I came to was, all right, I usually like to single a horse. Sometimes they stand out. Everything good? You're giving me a sign there. I don't know. No, no,
0: no, you're good. You're good. I'm going too long here. I, I, cool? I was going to distract you. And oh, I don't tell me I, the I, I still, I still I distracted, the distracted you. So I, 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 sorry, I should have just did what I was. No.
1: That's okay. Not, I, it's all right. I, I told them I'm DBRing the Islander game. I don't know if that's what you're showing me on your phone, but hopefully you're not showing me the score. You are. That means I'm probably losing because uh, you're rubbing it in. But I, I'm, I'm <laughs> so by the time this comes out, we'll know what happens. Uh, anyway, Penguins are terrible, by the way. They're the worst team. So the Islands are playing like crap, too. So I'm not too confident, but Penguins are terrible. All right, anyway. So let's get back to it. So I usually like single horse, and a lot of weeks you'll hear me. I love this horse. I love this horse. They don't always win, but you know, I, I'll find out. This time, the only horse I see like probably wins is Mischief South, but he's like three to five or something. So I, I don't know what to do there. I'll get back to that race. But in the second leg, race nine, I like the 12. I just think he's the best horse. He might be the low in speed with Luis Saez. So I was kind of there because I found anyone out of chance. So if I took 10 and single that one, I just cut my bet by 10. So now I went from um 57.60 down to 576 with one cut. Yeah, I'm taking a stand. ICP calls on a hurdle. I created one hurdle. But right now, with that $576 ticket, I really feel like I'm hitting all four legs. It's almost impossible for me to lose the other four. I just got to hit that one leg. But still, looking, that's when you look at the prices. 576 is out of my league. I'm not betting that unless I feel it's going to pay $100,000, i am confident. Uh, but I don't think I've ever been to pick five, you know, as much as ticket. pick it that big. So I'm like, all right, where else can I cut? Well, I listed four horses in the Mr. Mischievous south race. I don't think he's losing. So I, I would love to kick him out, but I can't. I, I just don't think he's losing. And while I don't want to take a short price, if he's going to win, you got to go with him. So you can't take a three to five shot, or whatever he might be, and spread in the race. So what I'm going to do there, I'm not going to single, which is probably the smart thing if I'm betting him. I'm going to throw in a second horse. In case he bounces, something happens, and I'm going to use the four horse in that race too, um, who, who I thought was pretty decent. I think Cajun something was the name. I put that back quickly. Uh, Cajun brother. So I'm cutting that race from four who I thought I had a chance, the two, three, four, five, and I'm just going four, five. And again, might not be the best advice because you should probably single the five or get rid of the five and use the two, three, four but I'm going to use a four or five there. That goes from four to two. So now my bet is down to 288. Um, six in the first leg, one in the second, then by six, by two now in the mission Science Race, by eight in the last. So I'm at 288, which is more than I want to spend. This is where you're looking at prices too. You're like, all right, what can this thing pay? My six towards in the first leg, I actually have prices um, a little bit there. I got to look back who it is um but i'm leaving well actually that's not true i have prices but i have the favorites too uh, with the six horses so i have the three top choices in my in my six and i don't love them the most right that was the race if you remember going back to race eight the six tours black magic woman who's three to one morning line who's probably pretty accurate and don't get cozy to the eight at nine to two and i don't love those horses i think they have a decent shot but i don't love and they're short prices now if they were long shots i'll i'll keep them in but at short price i'm okay getting rid of them and again, I'm looking to make one more cut if I can. I don't want to trim here, trim there, trim there, for a few reasons. One, oftentimes you trim the prices out. If I'm trimming favorites, so I was doing that, and then I can be okay with it. Um, and two, you're creating more hurdles where it's going to be hard. I'm stealing his line, ITP, but you're making it harder each race to win. If I go down from six, like if I have six horses, I'm winning that race. I feel now I go down to three, and it's a hurdle. I got to clear it. Uh, especially if I'm keeping the chalk, I don't want a hurdle where I only have chalk anyway. So I got to make another cut. So I'm going to go and race eight. Instead of using six horses where I think I have a shot, which were the one, two, four, six, seven, eight, where there's a lot of chalk in there, some prices, I'm going to cut back to my top two, who I think are a step above the others. And that's the two funny bet and the seven princess betty. So when I go from six to two, that cuts my bet in a third. So my bet goes from 288 to 96. So I'm two by one by six by two by eight. Now. I'm not telling you perfect advice. There is, it's hard to be perfect because there's many ways to cut a ticket down. There's many ways to do this, but I'm okay with that $96 ticket because sure, if the shortest price I have in each race wins, it's not going to pay a ton, but it's still going to pay a decent amount. I don't think it physically can pay on your $600, even with Michigan's Alex, because I am leaving out favorites. So I'm okay with that. If I had like a favorite, a heavy favorite each race, no, but I'm okay with that because I'm. I'm basically getting 4-1, to 3-1s to ones in the first race. Nothing special, but not like heavy chalk. I'm singling maybe a 4-1 to one shot in the second leg. So I'm singling a 9 or $10 horse, I think, in the second leg. The third leg I know is bad. But sometimes there's one leg where you're like, you know what? I'm just swallowing some chalk. And maybe that's not good advice either. I don't want to give you guys bad advice out there. But I'm okay with that. That's the structure race. Should I leave them out? It probably makes sense to leave them out. But to go from 5 to 6 and throw them in, when I'm singling a $10 horse. and you know, another race I'm using nine and ten dollar horses. I'm okay using structure in that case because the horse has a very good shot if he's ready and with Chad and all the workouts probably is. So um that leg's not perfect for me. I know that's my worst leg, like uh rates 10, the third leg, because I'm using so much chalk. And then finally, rates eleven. Um, I cut it down to missions Alex, I said, and uh and Cajun Brothers. So Missions Alex wins no price, but Cajun Brother could be six, eight to one. So if I'm able to get that one. That's a good price. And then the last leg, right now I'm 80. The good thing is I'm probably going to cut that down eventually just because uh, I'll see the workout report. I might end up singling for all I know. But if this is what I knew now and I didn't have workout reports, I didn't know the odds in the last race, that's where I'm at uh, going deep in that last race. But it'll be great if I can't go deep. So this is not necessarily my ticket because like I said, maybe I see only one or two words I have to use in the last race. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to cut elsewhere. But hopefully going through that exercise makes you understand Cut less races, make significant cuts. You're, as HP says, you're creating one or two hurdles rather than um, you know, every race cutting down, where you like three in one race, two in another, four in another, two in another, where every race is going to be a challenge to win. Um, and, and try and cut down prices, try and keep long shots as much as you can. And that's kind of how I'm crafting a ticket. Unfortunately, I don't love anyone where I'm like, we got a single this horse. So I, I have a reluctant single who I like but not like love, but I'm okay, okay. probably with 96. Like I said, I'm probably gonna cut it down. So sorry, I went on a long time and I'm hoping that really helps people understanding ways to cut down on your ticket. GQ, uh, any thoughts or anything? Yeah,
0: uh, I mean, I, uh, I don't wanna um, turn off our number one fan, who is a host on uh, one of the TV networks that, yeah. uh, that are dedicated to, cause he, he just loves podcasts and all podcasts. So I'm not going to say who to bet to win, whatever. We're, we're, we're just here to uh, give our opinions and let uh, our listeners uh, formulate, take that information and do with it what they will. And uh, whether they take uh, your advice on how to structure a ticket and to be smart, that's totally up to them. But I think uh, that's why they're listening. So Mm-hmm. uh with that being said uh as usual i won't have a pick five ticket because i won't be betting one <laughs> uh i, I usually you know
1: what I, I appreciate that because a lot of podcasts out there you know they'll announce a ticket and they have no intention of betting it they're just saying it uh, right. i bet you so i might change it like i said because i have the odds and workout courts, but uh, i'm upfront about that but i yeah, appreciate I
0: mean, there, there are times that if i really h- handicap a, a card and have any intentions of playing a pick five, I'll play a pick five. Or, uh, you know, our friends uh, in the Wasabi partnership—we have the shared bets going on. I'll look at those tickets. If I kind of agree with them, then I'll jump on um, and, and uh, get get some action there. But uh, so yeah, the only thing I have to offer is um, our challenge. So I uh, stuck my neck out in the last race, saying that. Um, Holy Redeemer, the eight horse in race 12 at Gulfstream Park. First time on the turf, second time blinkers. Mare is at a scat daddy. And and anytime anything that has scat daddy blood just, uh, you know, stands on grass, uh, the horse should do better. So, and I, I, you know, if the horse has a shot, I can see it going off at maybe seven or eight to one. But with Chad and Todd having logical horses in the race and Bill Mott, you know, there's too many other horses that are going to take action. So, yeah, I'm confident that I'll get my price. So, uh, oh, gosh, I have some. I I won a a whopping 20 bucks, maybe uh, uh, a net net of 20 as scratches brought the price down on my horse curling sketch last week. So I'll just give it right back this week by doing a $20 win ticket in race 12 on the eighth.
1: All right. Very nice. Yes, you won last week. You didn't bet much. That's the only problem, but you won. And the scratch like you said, killed you, but uh, Carl and who we both kind of liked, uh, but you were smart enough to bet. Uh, that brought you from down 89 to down 69. You netted, as you said, I think 20 bucks on the race. So you're down six on the year. I lost uh, 40. I had 40 to win on Grays Creek. That is where it's you know I don't want to make excuses because this is what's gonna sound like, but this is where when you have to make a bet two days before and you don't know the hour, even an hour before. I'm not betting Grace Freak at three to one or two to one, whatever he was. I knew he was gonna be fairly short. and he went off two to one or five to two. I did not bet it in real life. And usually I bet these bets, but I gotta get value too. So I don't know what I would have done instead, but um, you know, I wouldn't have made that bet at such a short price. I I thought he might be seven to two, four to one. I know it doesn't sound like a big difference, but two to one, five to two, is it? You know, it's like half the odds just about. So, um, so I lost money on that. So for this week, I got to uh, pick a bet. I- I'm leaning towards either race eight or race nine. Um, you know what? I could just do a win bet to be safe because right now I'm I'm back in the uh, in the red is that uh, I'm down sixteen bucks on the year. Not bad when you bet like at that eight hundred bucks and you're only down sixteen I guess, and you're only down sixty nine. Not bad either. Um, but instead of going for a safe little win bet where I can get back into positive, I'll go for a little more and I'll I'll go in race nine. Like I said, I have a lot of different bets where I would key the 12 and the 11 with some other horses, but it's a little too confusing for this challenge. So I told you how I would bet it, Uh, but I will bet an exacta with the um, 11 and 12. And am I allowed to do a $10 box and then $20 straight, or is that illegal? Does that not count?
0: No, nah, no, nah, you're good. As long as it involves the same race, I, I'll I'll allow that. Judges, All right, sure. ding. Yeah,
1: it's good. All right, thanks, judges. Jeopardy would not allow it. Um, so in race, uh, what is that? Race nine. I'm gonna do a ten-dollar exacta box, eleven, twelve, and then I'm gonna do a twenty-dollar straight exacta, 11. So if I hit, that should pay. You know, if it comes in twelve, eleven, what I, I would think. It would be about three or four to one over about a 10 to one uh shot in the 10 horse field, assuming no scratches. So let's say you get a nine or ten dollars on top. I would think it would pay about what 50 bucks for two dollars. So if it comes in and I have $30, 12, dollars that's uh and it pays 50 for two and I have 30, 15 times 50, what is that? Uh 500 750. It's not as much as I thought, but you know, hopefully I can hit and, and you know cash for 750 dollars. That would be the goal. If I did my math right, I hope I did it wrong some more, but I think I was right on that. All right, so that's our Ben of the Week, our little challenge there, and uh, I think that's pretty much it for the show. Any uh, final thoughts, Monty?
0: No, man. Apologize to all our listeners for um, coming up empty on a guest this week. We'll try our best next time to ha- have someone interesting. Actually, yeah. I, I thought of I thought when we were going to do um, Laurel. I thought I have connections to a trainer who had a horse running in uh, the one of the stakes races. Actually, the the race that they renamed, it used to be called the General George, always run on President's Day. For some stupid reason, I got to get to the bottom of it. They renamed it the Generals. Hello?
1: I think they changed it back.
0: Really? I don't think they're doing that. I think it's oh,
1: okay. I'm not sure. So,
0: <laughs> so uh, hopefully in the future, if uh, this horse, who's a steak source, local to, to Laurel, runs in all the, because he's a Maryland bred, runs in all the, the local steaks, uh, and this trainer is, is accessible, and he has an interesting story, maybe we'll we'll I'll be able to get him on. All right, you're going to keep us guessing who it is, I guess. Yes, oh. yeah because because you oh. know what if i say his name everybody will say he never heard of him
1: oh, all right well so that's
0: there, there, there you
1: go all right um i was actually going to suggest you to get um dave rodman on because they weren't running today i don't think laurel so yeah uh, well
0: you know what uh, when when laurel is not running on thursdays since no. we always record this on thursdays i'll i'll check in with dave and see if he's available
1: yeah, no, I thought about it, but then I really want to spend time talking about the betting, so I didn't push for a guest. I mean, you know, people are so nice that they come on. We could get a lot of people, but uh, I thought it would be better to go over some of the betting stuff that I want to talk about, but I'm sure we'll go back to having some guests on uh, either next week or in the near future. So uh, I think that pretty much puts a bow on the show. It's um, We're recording this. It's about 7.45, so the first period of the Islander game on Thursday concluded will be crappy Pittsburgh defense or the non-existent Islander offense win out when it's like the immovable force versus the uh, irresistible object or whatever that is it's like no. the worst offense in hockey versus the worst defense in hockey what's gonna who's gonna cave don't tell me anything though
0: <laughs> well the Islanders better win so I can cover my uh challenge bet this week oh think think
1: okay um anyway thank you all we're dragging the show on now so uh I think we're done have a great weekend uh, wherever you are. The weather's pretty bad, so stay safe, stay warm, enjoy the sunny and 75 at Gulfstream. And we wish you luck and talk to you next week. Take care, all.